Alright, Creatures of the Night, welcome to episode number 72 of Talk and Taker, our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all. Tis I'm. My name is Alex Dorio. I am one half of your tag team two-man power trip podcasting crew right here, and I am joined, <laughs> as always, by my fellow creature of the night, the Christmas creature himself, my wrestling mm. buddy, Mr. Travis White. Travis, Merry Belated Christmas. Happy Early New Year to you. Uh, are you ready to dive in to Backlash 2001 right here? I am, man. And speaking of backlash, dude, I got some some sickness backlash this weekend, man, over Christmas. I hope everybody else out there was stayed healthy and safe, Lord. I mean, I had some... I was hot-blooded, man. I had a fever of 103, so it's like the song <laughs> from Foghat, or Foreigner, so excuse me. So, which, by the way, fun fact for you, I have a video of me singing that, lip-syncing that when I was five years old, so. Oh, okay. And it's my it's my ringtone when I call my dad. It's it's hot-blooded. The, the video of you is the ringtone? No. No. The, no, when I call him, though, it rings hot-blooded because of that video from when I was five, so. Which is not a song a five-year-old should listen to, by the way. Uh, well, yeah, why not? Uh, <laughs> it's inappropriate. You don't know what it's about. Wildly inappropriate. Nah. Uh, <laughs> but an underrated dancer he takes home to sleep with. <laughs> hmm. <Yeah>, whatever. <laughs> hey, those are the 90s. It's classic rock, you know. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about some things that are uh, inappropriate to watch nowadays and that don't age all that well. But yeah, speaking of uh, hilarious videos, man, just, uh, this build up reminded me of one of my favorite internet videos of all time because uh, I just want to stream. <laughs> Give me the gold. I want the gold. Like the uh, Alabama leprechaun. That's all I was thinking, man. It's all about the gold. It's all about the gold. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's amazing. Oh, I thought you were going to say Aisha from Ebon's World. That's a deep cut. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, man. This is there's some crazy things going on here post-WrestleMania. Uh, you know, the the uh, competition is in the dumpster. There's nothing to compete with, so we're going to put our best foot forward, right? And... Nope, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see what happens. So, <laughs> biggest baby face of all time. Well, second biggest is turn heel, and let's see what happens here as the World Wrestling Federation turns. Yes, it is. Uh, well, <laughs> yes, it is. We are turning over a new chapter, a new page here. And we are exploring the power dynamics and the gold dynamics of the main event of Backlash 2001 as The Undertaker delves back into tag team competition yet again here. Heck yeah. Uh, a year filled with tag team action, teaming up with his brother Kane. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's the year tag of the tag team. specialist, team. man. He is. <laughs> Going up against the two-man power trip of Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H here at Backlash 2001. So we're going to... Hop in a time traveling motorcycle, jump in the sidecar, and going back to April of 2001 to the night after WrestleMania X117, whatever you want to call it, uh, and head back to uh, the night after Triple H, or excuse me, The Undertaker defeated Triple H to take the streak to 9 and 0 in record setting fashion here. So, you know, you would imagine that Undertaker might have a huge night here on Monday Night Raw, right, Travis? You'd think he'd come out and be like, you know, Stone Cold, you, you you went the wrong way last night, and I beat Triple H, who beat you last month in two out of three falls match. You know, I'm the normal contender. You'd think that'd kind of be how the story might play out. Well, but 
Kane wrestled Val Venus in a hardcore title match, and the Undertaker oh, ran in after the match to save him from a beatdown from the right to censor. Mother of God. <laughs> that actually happened? That, the first that was all that Monday night. With the, the Undertaker. First, uh, <laughs> yep, so uh, oh. we got to move on over to SmackDown now, I guess. <laughs> no, okay. not really. Oh, there is a little bit of stuff we can talk about here with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Sure. Uh, that is literally all that the Undertaker does here tonight. <laughs> But this whole episode of Raw, obviously the big story coming out of WrestleMania would be the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's heel turn the night before. The main event of WrestleMania, Stone Cold defeated The Rock and joined forces with Vince McMahon. So that has the wrestling world buzzing on this episode of Monday Night Raw. And we're trying to tell that story, really trying to reinforce this heel turn and this alliance with Vince McMahon, this unbelievable we you know we've we've kind of covered a little bit of it of stone cold's rise and his epic feud with vince mcmahon on this show so this was unthinkable just as unthinkable as the wwf buying wcw was <laughs> right. the thought of stone cold aligning with vince mcmahon after all this time oh yeah, yeah it did it flew in the face of um like that's a vince russo thing you know a swerving bro just because but like he didn't he never did that think about that Russo never had that idea come to pay. Like he may have had it, but it never came to fruition on TV. Right. So, how weird, man! It's like our un-Russo bromant of the week. <laughs> and you talk about just because that's kind of the problem here that we're gonna yeah. delve deeper into here. But it feels like it's just because, and the fans aren't buying it. This Monday Night Raw takes place in Texas. Uh, just right. WrestleMania just took place in Texas, where Stone Cold was, you know, a god about back then. So they weren't feeling it. They didn't want to boo him there. And, and Vince McMahon even cuts a promo, uh, promo a couple times during the show, wondering why the fans <laughs> aren't booing Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, a bit of a shoot ski right there. Um, he keeps talking about how confused he is about why they're still cheering him and he's aligned with them. Uh, <laughs> eventually uh, Stone Cold's going to come out and cut a promo and it's kind of infamous here because he doesn't really give a reason why he's joined Vince McMahon. He says the fans don't deserve a reason why, which is, you know, code for the writers don't really know why. Very (laughs) Dean Ambrose of him. Oh, yeah. We've seen it a a bunch of times, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, He does talk a little bit about how he's tired of hearing the fans chanting Rocky, Rocky. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, there's a little bit of that, a little bit of jealousy in there, but still not a deeper motivation as to why he needs to be aligned with Vince McMahon here. Right. Uh, But so that's going on. The other thread throughout the show is that Triple H is they're teasing a babyface turn for Triple H. Uh, he cuts a promo with investigative journalist Michael Cole talking to him where he, he shows a lot of respect for The Undertaker. He says, 364 days out of the year, I would have beat you, Undertaker, but you got me on that one other day. So I respect you, and I can't wait to fight you again. Uh, and then he says he had no idea Vince's plan with Stone Cold Steve Austin. So he's upset about it. He goes and talks to Vince later on. He's mad at Vince for not revealing the plan to him. So there's all this tension going on between Triple H and Vince. So it seems like we're going to have like a double turn here. Like Triple H is going to become the new babyface to go up against Stone Cold Steve Austin. And the crowd is hot for it, man. All the backstage segments, they're ready to cheer Triple H. They're ready for this moment. Uh, It feels really cool. Uh, and so how about this for this main event of Raw, Travis? We got Rock and Austin 
on Raw on Monday night, the night after WrestleMania, <laughs> this time in a steel cage, 24 hours after the biggest WrestleMania of all time. What the heck? Oh, I know, man. I remember at the time being like excited because I didn't pay for WrestleMania, but I got to see it <laughs> for free on TV. But I remember also thinking like, even as a 14 year old, I guess, wasn't quite 15 yet, being like, hmm. This is made of it from WrestleMania yeah. last night. Made like, of it people just paid forty five dollars for. Yeah, and like flew from around the world to go see. Yeah, uh, I do. This remember... was back before WrestleMania was like, and Raw and everything was like necessarily in the same exact town too. So those people right. weren't just coming to go to, you know. And now everybody goes to NXT, the show, and then Raw and SmackDown and yada yada. But back then it was just like one and done almost. So. Right, right. Make the whole weekend out of it nowadays, but not yeah. quite back then. Um, it, although I do remember us making a week, I remember watching this, uh, in your house, in your room, uh, in your house, uh, <laughs> spring break, I believe it was. So that's why yeah. we were uh, hanging out on, on a school night. But, uh, yeah, the main event, Rockin' Austin is steel cage. They go about five minutes here. Stone Cold even gets color. It's busted open. And Stone Cold actually taps out to a sharpshooter, uh, while Vince has the ref distracted. So already wow. Stone Cold is becoming sort of like this, uh, uh, chicken bleep here, yeah. right here, tapping out. Like, when have you ever seen Stone Cold tap out before? But there you yeah. go. Um, well, when he was a full-fledged heel, he didn't tap out at Romania 13, right? and yeah. that turned him face. <laughs> so he's already becoming a very, very different type of character here. Uh, and they go way, way overboard, desperately trying to get the crowd to boo Austin because Vince you know, breaks into the cage, stops Rock from pinning Austin on multiple occasions, doing everything they can to reinforce this heel turn and this alliance. It is over the top. Uh, and finally, Triple H comes in to make the save, or so you think. Uh, he comes a storming in there. He's got, you know, the uh, denim jacket over the leather jacket. <laughs> He's just, mm-hmm. like, shredded, you know. Uh, comes in there raging and ends up, of course, aligning with Vince and Austin and never quite turning face, just reinforcing his heel turn. Uh, and gosh, man, watching it back 17 years later, it just felt like such a missed opportunity, dude. It, very reminiscent of a few years ago when Seth Rollins returned from injury and the crowd was just electric for him and he came out and like pedigree reigns. Yeah. Immediately re- like he never turned face. He just re went back to heel right when you thought right. he was going to go face. And, uh, it was like, God, it would, you know, I, I get it. You know, Seth Rollins, I, I personally prefer him as a heel, but you got to strike when the iron's hot, man. And exactly. that's how I felt with this Triple H thing, watching it back. Like, that, I feel like that honestly could have made this Stone Cold heel turn work for a little while because the crowd was so ready to see Triple H turn face, turn against Vince. People bought it. Uh, him, you know, raging against his, his future father-in-law. Uh, but, nope. Instead... They wanted to do Triple H and Stone Cold and a heel tag team, heel alliance with Vince McMahon. They felt like they could do whatever they wanted without any competition, and apparently yeah. that's what they wanted. So uh, <laughs> that's a disappointing start to this build for me. Well, plus Triple H has a built-in uh, feud with Kurt Angle at all times, too. You know, and Angle's true. a heel still, so yep. he has, he's always got that to fall back on. So Plus he was like a quasi-face when they were feuding in 2000. So, yeah, he's got plenty of options to, to choose from. But, yeah, they just never really – Went with it. Went with the old swerve, bro. But again, Russo is far from a wrestling company <laughs> at this point. So don't blame that one on him. Nope. So, yeah, weird stuff, man. So is that that's pretty much caps off Raw, huh? Yeah. yeah. That, again, Taker. Talking Taker, he helps his big little brother with RTC, right? 
<laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. But, you know, we, we go into all that Stone Cold stuff because that's who he's going to face. Oh, the, no. Oh, that, yeah, that, that's absolutely. the formation of that team. But, yeah, uh, you're not going to realize that here for a couple weeks. As, uh, like you said, swerve, swerve, swerve. We're, we're going to get something completely different here for these first few weeks. And, and this is not even in my notes. It's literally popped in my head right now. So we got – I mentioned earlier the second biggest bit of baseball time. So, you know, we'll put we'll put Hogan as the first, right? So Austin probably second, whatever. But anyway, whatever you want to call it, number one and two. When Hogan turned heel, everyone was ready for it, right? Everyone, oh, yeah. it, you, you didn't have to go above and beyond to get people to boo him. They just booed him. He didn't have to align with Bischoff at the time. That, that came later. You know, he was already made heel when he turned. But for some reason, Austin just – he wasn't. The fans weren't ready yet, you know. So they just prematurely did it. So I don't know. I think they tried Goldberg with in two thousand, right, with that heel turn. But, oh, yeah, uh, they that tried it with Goldberg. Out. Tried it with Sting there for a few weeks. Yeah. But, you know that turn turning Stone Cold right here was it's like the opposite of that Hulk Hogan yeah. turn, like you're just saying. And it's you know uh, they they it's hard to say what what really killed all the excitement of the wrestling industry at this time was it the death of competition <laughs> between wcw and wwf or was it you know killing the golden goose of stone gold steve austin having him turn heel two major factors i think for a lot of people tuning out uh over the years that have never never really come back yeah and austin will tell you nowadays on his podcast all the time that you yeah. know if he he says i should have called audible i should have shook vince's hand and said watch for the stunner and then taking it and just he had enough clout to probably make that work, honestly. Right. If he'd have done that, Vince wouldn't have <clears throat> poo-pooed him, you know. They would have just, you know, made it up as they went along. So it's not like everything was set in stone, so whatever. But anyway, so that will bring us to uh, SmackDown 85, which is on April 5th, which we probably watched this together as well. I can't remember, <laughs> but it was spring break, so we probably did. But but uh, our boys, Brothers of Destruction, they opened the show as our new hardcore champion, Kane, uh, and Taker are going to fight against their – Right to censor, which honestly, man, it's gonna be picking sides, dude. <laughs> I gotta pick. That's not <laughs> hard just, for you to pick. I'm, I know, I'm kidding. As you say, my greatest, my favorite faction of all time, apparently, the right to censor are facing apparently. the brothers' destruction. You're wearing a white shirt and a black tie right now. <laughs> yeah. White socks. Old white socks and stuff. Yeah. I'm being puked on by my, my daughter right now. <laughs> but <laughs> that's anyway. Um, so commentary put over Taker and Kane's big wins at WrestleMania, which is kind of nice, you know, because they did matter. So then they talk about all the shenanigans on Raw where Austin and Triple H line with Vince. And, but then T- Taz says something I want to just mention here. He goes, you know, that's a Raw that will go down in infancy. <laughs> Speaking of your daughter. Yeah, speaking of, she will go down in infancy, but Taz, I had to rewind it twice, dude. He said that will go down in infancy, and I was just like, you have got to be kidding me, man. I know you haven't been doing commentary that long, dude, but come on, man. That's what they say in Hell's Kitchen, bro. (laughs) I guess. It's a red light district. The red light district, bro. (laughs) So. That's a good Taz (sighs) impression. But do say something. <laughs> Absolutely, I thought I was talking to him. Well, actually, um, so my boys, the RTC, they're represented by the Mouth of the South, Bill Buchanan, the Good Father, and no White Sox himself, Stevie Richards. So, and Stevens, like uh, he says, that the RTC will put it in to the fans, turning men like Taker and Kane into heroes. So I guess he's got to pick some kind of storyline here, I guess, to make it make sense. But anyway, <laughs> um, obviously, the Brothers of Destruction take it to the right to censor and. 
Taker even hits that side rushing leg sweep, which we haven't seen in a while, but it's not the first time, but I do appreciate when he brings those moves out. Yeah. Those rare moves. So, um, obviously, match breaks down. Taker's choke slams his BSK brother, the good father, while Kane's choke slamming Bull. Kane no sells a Stevie kick, just which is his finisher. Just no sells it completely. Uh, boots him. And Taker hits a massive last ride on old White Sox and gets the victory here. But it's funny because when he picks him up, the camera pans away to the audience and then pans back as he's about to slam him. So I think they botched it again, but uh, you know, SmackDown's so. taped. Yeah. So, but that's the second time he's uh, had problems with Stevie and Steve Richards. <laughs> I guess Stevie's a sandbag. I don't know. So, anyway. It's heavier than he looks. <laughs> I guess. Nowadays, he's fit and does like resistance band training, all kinds of stuff. True. But yeah. anyway, but um, um, so backstage, Vince is talking about how impressive the Brothers of Destruction are while he's talking to Austin and Triple H, his new, you know, henchman. And uh, then later on, we get a very angry Big Show looking for the Hardy Boys because uh, he just got pinned by all three of them, uh, basically. And uh, he's knocking on doors and he's searching for them and asking people if anybody's seen them. And all of a sudden, he walks to a door, and he goes in, and he just gets shoved out, like, cartoon style. <laughs> and he goes to a table, and Kane and Taker come out and just beat him up, just beating him up with chairs and all kinds of stuff. And then Taker just leans down and goes, next time, knock. Kane and the Undertaker destroying the big show. Next time, knock. <laughs> That's all, that's all it was about. He had no beef with him. He just didn't like it. He didn't knock on the door. <laughs> oh, Mr. So. Manners, the Undertaker. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, the conscience of the, of the WWE. That's right. He is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next time, no, he may have dropped his punk card. So, anyway, but just also, as we're building this tag match for the two-man power trip, this is where Triple H defeats Jericho for the Intercontinental Championship. So. Uh-huh. That's that's a title that's going to bounce around quite a bit here in this build. So. It is, and that's another puzzle piece to, to what we're getting towards here, this, this big exactly. matchup for all the gold here at the pay-per-view. Uh, but again, no interaction yet with uh, nope. these two tag teams yet. Still nope. building here, uh, although we're, we're seeing the Undertaker and Kane team kind of take shape again after taking a little time off. Well, they're, they're still a bit together. They, they've kind of been off and on together here yeah, uh, most of 2001. So. Uh, Akushi. Akushi. They, did their, they did their own thing at WrestleMania, but uh, they're coming yeah. back together here again. Uh, and Kane's former tag team is going to explode here on Raw episode 410, oh, April 9th, 2001. Kangle explodes as Kane oh. defends the hardcore title against Kurt Angle. That's uh, a weird sentence. It is. <laughs> Very 2001 <laughs> sentence here. Uh, Big Show is going to try to come out in the middle of the match uh, to get some revenge, I guess, from SmackDown. He's going to cash in on the 24-7 rule. Uh, but Undertaker makes the save for his baby brother. Uh, Kurt Angle, who is the guy Kane is facing, runs away. So Taker and Kane <laughs> hit a double choke slam on Big Show, and Kane pins Big Show to defeat Kurt Angle in a hardcore title match. Also a weird sentence. Yep. Uh, I, like, I love that 24-7 rule, man. I, I did, man. I always loved it, and the crowd was hot for it. It sounds stupid sure. reading it back on paper, but the crowd was hot for it when it happened on this show. And uh, just yeah, this blew my mind, man, thinking about it. These four guys, Kane, Big Show, Kurt Angle, Undertaker, here in 2001, what do they all still have in common? They all are still wrestling semi-regularly <laughs> in 2018. They all have matches this year. That's true, man. How wild That's crazy. is that? man that's crazy multiple matches i believe uh, i think uh, they all had yeah. different stuff yeah craziness um, how many of them were at wrestlemania uh 
Was Only, Big Show in one of the Battle Royals? I can't I don't remember. Kane. He always, he, he's like I, a... I feel like, dude. yeah, they always He are. always is. I don't remember. But, uh, yeah. yeah, they've all done, they're all still still going strong. That's crazy, man. Uh, it's weird to think about. Later on in the night, though, Big Show was going strong in 2018, not in 2001. Because, uh, God, dude, he, he must have peed in Undertaker's coffee or something tonight. Because... Uh, <laughs> Undertaker and Kane choke slammed him, beat him earlier, but Big Show's going to challenge Undertaker for uh, revenge later in the show, and he, uh, he being Big Show, gets up on the turnbuckle to do like the ten punches facing down to Undertaker, and Taker uh, repeats your spot that you loved, man, from WrestleMania X7. Uh, he picks up Big Show out of the corner and uh, boosts him up, gives him the last ride, and pins Ooh, him nice. clean in literally 90 seconds. Oh my! All match between Undertaker and Big Show, former tag team partners. Big Show, well, former world champion, just absolutely squashed here. Uh, after he did that, knock. man, he did not. That's what he did to piss him off. Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't watch SmackDown. But. He legitimately. That was actually a that was a, a shoot. Yeah, a documentary backstage on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. Next time, knock. They're going through the shoot, and he didn't knock. So, oh, it was brutal, uh, yeah. dude. It felt terrible for him. But dude, oh. uh, I felt worse for Lita and the Hardy Boys here because this episode of Raw, uh, if you were mm. watching back then, you definitely remember this. Uh, main mm-hmm. event of the show is Austin, Triple H, and Stephanie against the Hardy Boys and Lita. And the Hardy Boys and Lita actually win. Lita pins Stephanie with a moonsault. So it's a big win for them. But, uh, yes, this is the infamous episode and moment where the two-man power trip of Austin Triple H just brutalized Team Extreme here, uh, including, most disturbingly, to Lita with chair shots and uh, just devastating stuff after the match. Triple H, like, chokes Lita with the chair at one point, just like mm-hmm. holding it down on the throat. They like multiple chair shots to the back on all three of these uh, people, uh, men and women. Uh, it was, I remember being 15 years old and being uncomfortable with it and like not mm-hmm. like thinking this has gone too far back then. I'm watching it 32 years old, still thinking that, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just desperate, man. They are desperately yeah. going to like the lowest level here to get heel heat for Austin. Uh, that it's, they're already thinking, God, man, what are we doing? Man, we've got to sink really, really low to get anybody to boo stone cold. So we're going to align him with Vince McMahon as much as we can. And oh, let's have him beat up a woman with a, with a chair, dude. It was, it's rough, man. And like, uh, you know, it's controversial. You know, some people may think, oh, it's just wrestling. You know, it's just heat or whatever. But to me, I still think that's, that's, it, it went a bit too far for me. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that sort of man on woman violence. I think you can do it. I think you can have man versus women intergender matches. I think there's ways to do it. But uh, this, I don't know, man. But the brutality of it, the chair yeah, shots, that was what took it over. Yeah, I agree, man. And, and, and here it's, it's <clears throat> desperate to get heat. Sure. Well, and it's weird because, like, I just mentioned on SmackDown before this is where the Hardys and Lita all three pin Big Show. So they're just kind of bouncing around doing kind of – they're just kind of the go-to people for whatever events needs done. They're just going to kind of make it happen because, as we'll see as we continue this build, the Hardys are going to have all kind of – they're going to be all over the place. If you're trying to follow their – 
storyline here. You're like, where are we headed here? Because it doesn't make any sense. Well, you, you know? think they were the ones that were facing Triple H and Stone Cold at the paper. Right. Exactly. That's what, yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm getting to. It's just like, it's it's crazy because of, of that and what we're about to build to here. It's just, it is just absolutely nuts how they just kind of get put in here and then gone again. So it's Smackdown 86 on April 12th. Oh, one, we get Triple H, Steph, and Austin opening the show, and they just rant about how they're the most unstoppable, dominant superstars in the history of the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, they feel no remorse about attacking later on Monday, and this is yada, 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 because that's just, just Triple H droning on and on. But basically, the the point of it is that they, they, they drop the line of how they're the most unstoppable, dominant superstars. And then it eventually leads to Jeff Hardy versus Triple H for the Intercontinental title as the main event. So I didn't write all the details down just because... It's a lot of Triple H talking, and honestly, it's a little <laughs> bit laborious to get to at this point. Austin, much. sure. Austin does a little bit, but Triple H is more the stick man at this point because Austin, I mean, he's only like two weeks from being a babyface, you know. So, um, anyway, and this is the night that I will never forget. This is this when Jeff beats Triple H um, for the Intercontinental Championship in the main event, and I remember this because they actually spoiled this on their own website. I remember coming home from school on Wednesday and getting on the websites. Because they film on Tuesday nights, and I remember reading and then like going to church at night and talking to my buddies about it, and then probably talking to you on the phone or even the next day at school before SmackDown. But they had spoiled it because, which I don't understand. Like, there's no competition anymore. They're trying to pop a rating. I don't know what the deal was, but they just were. They they went ahead and put on <clears throat> SmackDown or on WWE.com, WWF.com that you know tune in Thursday because Jeff Hardy you know wins the Intercontinental Championship from Triple H, and I was like, wow. Way to blow that. <laughs> yeah, I always thought it was weird uh, when they would do that, but <clears throat> I know it got us hyped, man. We oh, huge, it did, yeah. Huge Hardy marks back yeah. in the day and, and, and to this day still are. So yeah. that, was, and I, that was a big, big moment because even then, you know, Triple H, he had the reputation of being kind of, you know, kind of the stu- – uh, you know, the barrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was already starting <laughs> to get that, and to see a guy like Jeff Hardy beat him and get and beat a, get the title off of him, that was it, made yeah. guys like us uh, uh, think excited. we could do it. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe some of that too. And I'll never forget Jeff Hardy's outfit in this. He had that black match with the little red like stunned by metal like things on his shoulders. I have no oh, idea what yeah. they were, but I remember that anyway. But. Um, that happens at the end of the show, but throughout the show we get we actually get quite a, kind of a lot of stuff here. Um, so I'm gonna try to get through it as best I can. So Big Show barges into Regal's office. Big Show's apparently playing playing a role in this build too. So yeah, it's Big funny. Show, he barges into Commissioner Regal's office and he demands a match against Taker and Kane. He's like, I want some help though. I don't want to take him on my, by myself. So, uh, which doesn't prove that you're a bad. You know, a, a BA here if you're trying to fight these two big guys with help. Oh, excuse me. Um, so anyway, he's like, you know, Regal's like, well, grab, grab a tag team and it'll be a three-on-two handicap match. So later on, we get Big Show and he knocks on the APA's door, which <laughs> I love the continuity of that when people knock on that door. Absolutely. Because it's just standing there. <laughs> and they have, and when everybody, if anyone ever walks around, Bradshaw makes them go back through it. So <laughs> I love it. So he knocks on the door and goes in and they're playing cards or whatever. And uh, he asked them to be their tag team partners tonight. And uh, they basically start mocking him and uh, saying, you know, you don't need help. You shouldn't need help, yada, yada. And so um, Big Show's like, well, are you guys playing chicken or do you just not want to face them? Or, or do you just not want to be my partner? And Bradshaw goes, take your pick, whatever, man. I don't care. So they're just like, don't want to be his, his partner at all. So um, he leaves. And uh, later on in the night, he's going to go find another tag team. 
And this is a tag team that I blocked out of my memory. Um, he enters the locker room of Grandmaster Sexay and Steve Blackman. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, you don't remember Sexay and Blackman? I, dude, uh, I try to forget when things are really bad. WrestleMania and, uh, 17 pre-show, Sexay and Blackman against X-Factor. Oh, I don't remember that. Opened up the that. biggest WrestleMania of all time. Oh, does that on heat? Yeah. It's just not on the tape. Oh, so it's I on the DVD. Yeah. Well, I didn't get a DVD until much later. Uh, I got the tape, as I, as we proved on Facebook last week. So, yeah, man, man. I don't remember Grandmaster. Black Sexay. Grand Blackster Sexay. That's what they could have been. Black and Sexay. <laughs> That'd be Grand great, Blackster man. Sexay. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, he, Big Show seeks help from them. <laughs> So, uh, and basically, Sexay tells him no, and then Blackman comes out with some nunchucks, and Big Show goes, what do you do, sleep with those things? And he just walks away. So, um, anyway, Big Show later then runs into Kai and Tai with their female interpreter. They're sitting there on, like, the production boxes, and he has her explain to them that he wants them to team up tonight. Of course, he's talking. He's like, you team up with me tonight, because, you know, if you can't speak English, you guys be really slow and drawn out our words. That always works. Yeah, it always works, right? So, via their interpreter, Kai and Tai agree to team with them because only one reason. He reminds he reminds them of Godzilla, they say. So, they're like, all right. he's like, all right, whatever. So, then, Cho is kind of offended by that. And he's like, well, you know what? If I remind you of Godzilla, I want two egg rolls and a bowl of wonton soup. Which I just wrote in my notes, like, that's not going to satiate his appetite at all. Two egg rolls and a bowl of wonton soup? That's like, that's like... That's nothing for him, man. Also, that's so, that's Chinese food. <laughs> Japanese. Also Chinese food. Yeah, well, he's a narrow-minded hick from uh, Aiken, South Carolina. So what does he know? So, so <laughs> far we've had uh, man-on-woman domestic violence and racism. <laughs> um, 2001, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Um, but he's going to have them as his tag team partners tonight. So I guess he wanted anybody. He's so desperate. So anyway, Kai and Tai come out to help Big Show, uh, or they come out with him at, for the match, which is kind of funny to see them. And then like they're standing in the ring, and when Kane's music hit, Kai and Tai bolt out of the ring since they didn't understand. You know, they don't understand English, they don't know who they're, who they're facing. So they just bolt out of the ring, and then as Taker comes down on his motorcycle, they're like he's chasing them around the ring on the outside. They're running away from. It's actually pretty funny. Um, watching them act so scared and stuff, because honestly, I don't know how much English either one of them actually spoke. <laughs> so, so, um, anyway, they could just kayfabe their English skills. Who knows? But um, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I know they said Tajiri used to do that all the time. Oh, he yeah. just like conveniently all forget when yeah. <laughs> speaking English. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, Taker wants Show to tag in this match again. It's two on three handicap match. Um, Taker takes he actually like is in there with Funaki. He takes Funaki's hand and walks over to Big Show to tag him in, which is it's just a funny match to watch. And uh, oh, yeah. Big Show bails off the apron, and Kane gets in the ring and he actually presses Taka over his head like ten times, like he does like a gorilla press like ten times over his head, which is just super impressive to watch. Again, this is the big, big red machine, not that slim guy from two thousand. This is the big red machine. And I just wrote my notes. This is a fun, like, sports entertainment match. Like, they're definitely hitting it. And it's getting really fun. Again, has nothing to build to do with the build of Backlash. Nope. But it's fun. It um, is. It, I love seeing the big guys <clears throat> just, you know, 
throw around these guys like dummies sometimes. Yeah. It's like Undertaker and Christian, uh, which we're going to see here yeah. shortly. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> so it reminds me of that. Yeah. And... It's fun every once in a while, especially with guys – you know, God bless Kai and Ty, but they didn't matter. So no, you, know, exactly. you could do that with them. This is what this was their place on the card. This is what yeah. they're there for. Right. And I'll just get to the the meat and potatoes of this. The best part is so at the end here, Taker motions for Kane to do the last ride on Fernaki. And Kane goes to do it and he picks him over his head, but he does remember when Big Show did that that finish move like the alley oop where he just do like a power bomb but he throw him over the back of his head? He had some crappy moves he here did. in two thousand one. Stick with the freaking choke slam. But anyway, Kane does that basically he goes to pick up Funaki but throws him too far over his head you know and he face plants so Taker comes in and is like shaking his head like no 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 and he's just like I'm gonna show you how it's done so he picks Taka up and just man <laughs> drills him through the ring with this with the last ride and then Kane's like all right so he nods and goes and picks up Funaki and does a, a last ride and Taker's like nodding in approval like yeah you got it now little brother and then that gives him the win and uh, Taker's like happy that he learned from his mis- that Kane learned from his mistake, and it's just a mismatch. But it's so sports entertainmenty, and it's just man, it was it was fun to watch, dude. I enjoyed the heck out of that whole entire segment. So again, Austin and Triple H nowhere to be found. Yeah, uh, we're gonna <laughs> be 13 days outside of Backlash uh, here, going into Raw uh, a few days later on April 16, 2001. Uh, with three three shows to go, going uh, and absolutely no matches announced for Backlash yep. as of yet. Uh, so, yeah, that's fun. It's building up Kane and Undertaker trying to make sure. them look strong into this dominant force. And uh, this next match I'm going to talk about is doing the same thing, although it's not going to be as fun for you for, uh, to hear me talk about this, Travis, because Kane's going to face Steven Richards in a hardcore uh, title match here. Man. Uh, the RTC is starting to fall apart. Tear away here. They're losing and, and losing their mission. Uh, Richards vows before the match to sacrifice himself in order to save the right to censor. So uh, old White Sox brawls to the back with Kane, uh, but the rest of the right to censor are right there. They uh, quadruple team Kane back there in the back over by the uh, production trucks. And then uh, Horn blows out from one of the big rigs. A little... Uh, <laughs> and uh, Taker strolls out from around the corner, just casually walks out of there. I guess he blew the horn in the big rig, and he takes care of the other guys in the right to censor, while Kane, uh, the former fake diesel, follows in Kevin Nash's footsteps. Exactly. And he picks up Steven Richards and lawn darts him, Rey Mysterio style, into a big rig. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Pins him <laughs> off of that to win that match. So, oh. man. Then uh, Taker kneels down over Steven Richards in the highlight of the night and probably this whole build for me. And, you know, the conscience of the WWF offers some words of wisdom to Steven Richards. <laughs> he says, Hey. Hey, you. You know, if I was you, I'd forget about the good fight find myself a good woman. <laughs> Mark Calloway, relationship expert, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Get a tattoo on your neck. Let her buy your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag blame Sarah. I'm not going to drop that. <laughs> Don't let your wife get into the business and, and wrestle. Right. Oh, wait. Exactly. His other one, I was already in there. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Huh. He's had several. Yeah. I think two, uh, two out of three of them were, were in, <laughs> in business at some point. So. 
Yeah. Oh man, I'm, that was just so out of nowhere. That's Great. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the conscience, man. Conscience of a WWE episode. <laughs> he's got good. He's got good lines here. We know he so. loves hoes too, uh, from back in the day. So. It's true. It's true. Anyway, moving on. Uh, there's also randomly. Uh, I was reading the recaps of this, and uh, it's not on the network, but I did find it on YouTube. Apparently, they. Did a music video on this show for uh, building up Taker and Kane. It's set to a Marilyn Manson song called "Fight Song." Mm, uh, yummy. On, of course, it's not on the network, but uh, you sure. can find it pretty easily on YouTube. We'll put it on uh, social media if you want to watch. It was pretty neat. Uh, obviously, yeah. I don't celebrate Marilyn Manson's catalog too much, but no, uh, yeah, that you got music. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> just kidding. That's right. <laughs> Rumor has it. Wait a minute, Jason Hervey is in WCW, and this guy was There's in WWF. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> so that takes us to the uh, main event here, uh, rematch from SmackDown, Triple H and Jeff Hardy for the IC title. And, man, we're, we're a couple days out of Christmas, but here's where I'm going to play the Grinch, dude. Um, I'm, this this show, this match, it just it got me in a bad mood, man, uh, this buildup frustrated me in a lot of ways and this was a big part of it right here so um yeah triple h and jeff hardy are fighting for the ic title the story they've told through the show is matt hardy has been banned from ringside he went crazy and attacked stone cold earlier obviously he's pissed about what happened to lita last week uh triple h on the other hand has told stone cold to hang in the back because he doesn't want stone cold to come out during the match to risk a dq because triple h wants to get the title back uh, they have a really solid match. Obviously, you know, two great workers yeah. have a great match with each other. Crowd is hot for Jeff Hardy. Uh, you could tell he was already destined to be a, a megastar. But, unfortunately, and here's my problem with it, and I, I don't have any cookies tonight to put me in a better mood. But uh, <laughs> No run-ins from McDonald's. No. Uh, we're going to get a run-in instead from Stone Cold. He beats up Matt Hardy backstage and he comes out to the ring. Uh, Lita tries to run to the back to save Matt, but Stone Cold cuts her off on the rampway and just has like serial killer look in his eyes as he stalks her yeah. down the rampway. And in a rare stumble by the production crew, uh, Triple H pins Jeff Hardy to win the match, and we don't see any of that on TV. We just see Stone Cold <laughs> stalking Lita down the rampway, and we hear uh, the refs handed the mat three times and the bell ring. Uh, they totally miss the shot they do an instant replay right afterward uh and triple h's music doesn't even play either so the production crew Seriously? is just way off on all that uh, uh, a lot pal yeah <laughs> a rare miss there um but this is gonna lead to the power trip two-man power trip again just destroying the hardys uh stone cold whips uh whips them with his belt they get the chair shots out again and Finally, the Brothers of Destruction are going to come out to make the save for the Hardy Boys, just when it looks like Triple H and Austin are about to beat up Lita again. So, Taker and Kane, their music plays, they stand at the top of the ramp, they soak in the reaction from the crowd, and it is a nice big reaction that they get. Uh, they sure. run down to the ring, uh, and Austin and Triple H look like they're about to face off with them, and just when Taker and Kane jump in the ring... Austin Triple H hop out like cowardly heels that they've been portraying. And Taker and Kane get to stand strong, saving the day, because they're the real big boys, and uh, the little cruiserweights can't compete with 
the heavyweights, Triple H and Stone Cold. And God, dude, that just got me so frustrated watching it back here nowadays because we've been talking, this seems like this was all building to an awesome opportunity for the Hardy boys to get elevated. Um, yeah, it was really cool. And, and you know, maybe we're biased cause we're big Hardy boys marks, but it seemed like you could have had something really neat and really special and different with the Hardy boys versus triple H and Austin at the pay-per-view. That's who they've been getting the heat on this whole time. Those are the guys that deserved to get that match. But instead, the Hardy Boys are this weird stepping stone for Undertaker and Kane. And to me, it was just really disappointing here, man. What do you think about it? No, man, I agree. It's like you said. We're, what, 13 days out from Backlash, and there's no matches. And it's like like you said, the trajectory here would tend to lead to maybe um, maybe like singles matches, you know, or even tag match, you said here. And uh, But I, I don't know. It's just... It's weird, man. Like I said, I'm glad. I mean, I'm happy for us. We're talking Taker that we get to see Taker and Kane kind of step up to the main event here. And and and, but like, as a fan, when I was 14 back then, you know, I was ticked because I wanted to see our boys, the Hardys, go all the way. And it's weird because like, what seven years later, Jeff and Triple H be fighting for the world title, you know, or WWE title. Yeah. So they actually did have this feud again, and it mattered, and it was a big deal. But it's just weird, man. Like. I don't know. Like I said, the Hardys are just kind of like the go-to guys here to get whoever it is over. But they get a little bit of a reward with that IC title win, and we're going to see something happen with Matt here soon too. But it's just like it, it pales in comparison to them having the main event match at a pay-per-view with you know the two biggest heels in the company. And another bone I want to pick real quick is why did Austin – why is he powdering out of the ring now all of a sudden? Why is he scared to take her? Why yes. is he scared of Kane? All of a sudden, just because you turn heel, you change your ways – like that's the whole point. That uh, the good heel turn, you don't, you just, you just do things a little more viciously. You just do things a little more salty. You know, add a little more salt on it. But like, you don't change, just suddenly become a piece of crap. You yeah. Know? So well, e- even if you're gonna get to that cowardly yeah, point, you, eventually maybe it, right. it should be a gradual thing as we see him become more of the uh, yeah, chicken salad heel or, or whatever. Exactly. Uh, but it, it just it flipped all of a sudden. Uh, here at WrestleMania, there was no subtlety to it. He doesn't subtly mm-hmm. build to it, and we're gonna see that more and more, especially uh, in the match itself that we're gonna cover. Oh, we see that turn uh, in his wrestling <laughs> skills uh, as well as he, you know, begs off for moves and, and takes all, a whole bunch of powders out of the ring. So yeah, just a lot of stuff not clicking here. Whether it's with Austin or, or with the Hardy Boys, just looking like you know little babies or like little kids here and their and their big brothers come and save the day from them uh it just came off to me as just a major burial of those guys and i think this i I don't blame taker for it i don't think he was politicking or anything backstage but this is one of those things people point out of this era uh why people didn't like taker uh at this time why they felt like he was kind of hogging the spotlight something like this um and to his credit, you know, if someone tells you you're going to be in the main event, you're not going to be like, no, 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 I think I think the Hardy Boys no, should good. take that main event spot. <laughs> right. No, no one would do that. But it just sucked that that's the way that they decided to build to this match. Right. And that's what got me so frustrated. And it's going to continue to as we go along here. <laughs> no, yeah, it absolutely will, man. And uh, I guess that'll lead us into SmackDown 87. That's uh, April 19th, 01. We see the recap where, you know, I just said the the feud kicks off, you know, 10 days before uh, the pay-per-view here. We get, you know, we're going to finally build some matches on the card. 
basically. So um, Commissioner Regal actually opens a show, and he demands Taker and Kane come out to the ring, and they oblige. And they're in uh, Nashville, you know, my former stomping grounds for five years. And uh, Music City gives them a really, really good pop. I don't know if it's sweetened, you know, in post-production, but of course, like I said, Corder Pritchard, they never did that. But um, never. I don't know. It was a really good pop, man. So they get right in his face, and Regal tells them they should, they should stay away from other people's businesses, and they had no business sticking their nose in Austin Triple H's affairs. <laughs> and then Regal says that Kane will defend the Dirty of Hardcore title right now against Rhino, who will be accompanied by Edge and Christian, which for me, as a Rhino mark, <laughs> I was all about this. So um, love it. Um, but, I mean, I'm talking me back then and me now. So I love me some Rhino. Rhino so, Claws. Rhino Claws, baby. That's, that's not his first time he threw Rhino Claws. He's, been, he's done that several times. I know. So, um, <laughs> so basically, we got two on three as Kane and Taker clean house here. And once again, I'd like to reiterate, Edge and Christian are Taker's whipping boys again here. Every time. <laughs> Every single time. So uh, they go through the crowd, and Kane and Rhino battle in the ring. Kane chokeslams Rhino, but Triple H and Austin come out with some cheers, beat the crap out of Kane. Um, and as we, oh. we get told on commentary that Taker has been lured out of the arena by Edge and Christian. So under hardcore rules, this is all legal. So the chairs are they're, – they're brutalizing Kane's uh, left arm and his chest and he's beating his arm over and over again, kind of like they did to the Hardys and Lita back on Raw the other week. But um, yeah. basically they beat him up so bad and Rhino just kind of crawls over and pins Kane to win the hardcore title. So again, at the time – I'm freaking on heaven because I love Rhino and he's holding the title. He's the last ECW champion, and now he's holding gold in the WWF. You know, even if it's the hardcore title, I'm excited, man. But uh, Taker comes back to the crowd and into the ring as the two-man power trip kind of bail and they go up the ramp. So, um, and I think they are actually being called the two-man power trip at this point. So I guess officially now. I don't know when it actually happened, but anyway, we then go on to see that during the break, Kane left up the ramp and he's holding his left arm. He's in tremendous pain. He's calling out in agony screaming we get taker and kane looking backstage for regal's office and taker walks by some jay browns in the backstage say hey i want you guys called 911 and we don't know why he just says that so we we you assume it's for take for kane's uh, arm but it's actually for what we're about to see next so Are you sure he's not calling 911 from ECW well i thought call about him that. up <laughs> yeah just hey man did you call 911 from ECW see if he wants to come over here with just incredible and Spike and yeah. Rhino and He's all these guys. He's all these guys coming over now. <laughs> it's collapsing. So, oh man, I had a brain fart the other day. I thought that nine one one was his was Brian Lee, but I forgot it was not. It was I mean, some other yeah, dude. I can see that they do. Yeah. favor each other. So I was thinking, I was thinking about making that joke myself, my a, a dad joke here, but I was like, uh, oh, that's not Brian Lee. So, but anyway, sorry yeah. man, I'm standing on your corner. My bad. No, you are absolutely not. <laughs> There's always room for more people in that corner. I don't know. In it's fact, pretty, it's pretty crowded. <laughs> well, I was there first. That's true. <laughs> Many moons ago. Taker creeping in on me last week. But anyway, um, they make their way into old uh, Commissioner Regal's office, and <laughs> Taker just walks in and just clears everything off the desk, man. He's just angry. He grabs Regal by the shirt, and he's like, he you know, he demands Austin and Triple H. He's like, and we want them, you know, and we want to get our hands on Edge, Christian, and Rhino. So he wants, I don't know if he wants a, one. was that five on two match or what he wants? He just wants all those guys. So Regal's like, no, no, no. And um, Taker's like, all right, Kane, we'll just show him what happens when you get upset. So then we just see 
Regal's like office is catching on fire. Things in his office are catching on fire. So Regal starts freaking out. And, you know, he's got the best facials and reactions in the business. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, probably that's probably just true for a blanket statement in history backwards and forwards. Like, I don't know many people that have better facials than than Bill Regal. Without question. So, yeah, absolutely. So he's terrified because now his office is on fire and. He's like, okay, I'll give you a match with Edge and Christian later. And uh, he's like, but I can't do any more. I can't do any more. So then Taker kind of gives Kane the Iggy, and Kane walks over to the ficus tree and lights it on fire as well. (laughs) (laughs) And then Regal's extremely terrified at this point. He's like, okay, if you beat Edge and Christian for the WWF Tag Team titles in a no-DQ match tonight, then you can have Triple H and Austin. So Taker looks at Kane. He goes, Kane? What do you think? <laughs> Kane turns around and lights Regal's desk on fire. <laughs> that's, that's not a good way to say thank you. I mean, you get a tag team title shot. So, so uh, this was as they had clips of this on on the Raw episodes, and I was cracking up, man. I, I yeah. forgot about all of this, but it raises a lot of questions, does it not? It does. Well, like, first of all, like, where is this? like superpower been this whole time yeah especially you know. since undertaker and kane are just playing characters and that's not <laughs> about you know according to chronology from a couple years ago well undertaker exactly. is kane might really have powers he might he might apparently he know. does yeah apparently he's just i mean because you don't see his gimmick like he's like lighting stuff where he just starts lighting things on fire yeah. so it's just uh, and do I don't things know. just light on fire when he gets excited like, i think is that, so is that what happens for him he's like, like jack jack from the incredibles <laughs> That's exactly what he's like. <laughs> oh, he's just like Baby Jack Jack. Kane, cut from the same cloth. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't. I just know I was entertained by it. It was amazing. Absolutely. So, I'm here for so, it. So much good stuff on these SmackDowns. So, uh, I don't know that this build really makes a lot of sense, but this stuff is fun. These little things like this are, great. make it fun. So, uh, so, later on, I told you it's a big episode of SmackDown. Later on, Vince, Triple H, and Austin are meeting with Regal and, you know, demanding, like, where do you get off granting them a, a match with us if they can get to Edge and Christian? And Regal's like, basically, what he, all he had to say was, they about to light me on fire, but he doesn't <laughs> say that. So he's like, you know, it's no DQ. You can use this to your advantage. Uh, you know, kind of gives him a little wink, you know. And then I just wrote my notes, man. All of a sudden, the cerebral assassin and the rattlesnake, you know, have wrestling amnesia. And they literally ask him, you know, we'll explain how this could be used to our advantage. Like, I'm like, what? You're two idiots now all of a sudden? Yeah. It's no DQ, which means you can come in and interfere the entire time to ensure that they don't win. I just don't, I just, it just really was, um, I don't know, like a stain on the, uh, the intellect of these two, like I said, cerebral assassin and this two man power trip. Like, well, they, they just passed it on to Earl Hebner during the match uh, that we're going to see later on, too. There's a lot of this amnesia being spread around. So bad, man. So something's in the water. I guess, you know, WCW's crashed and burned, so now it's just everybody's forgotten what, what to do. So yeah. I don't know, man. But uh, Edge and Christian are backstage, and they're you know they not worried about taking your cane, which they should be because they always get whipped by them. But they have a plan that reeks of awesomeness, they say. So later on, Vince wishes them good luck but tells them, you know, it's an ODQ match, so probably won't need any luck. Kind of gives them a little wink. So reminds me of uh, the rest of development. There's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, 
Then he walks in two-man power trip locker room, and they're just kind of watching the havoc from Raw when they obliterated the Hardys and kind of smiling and nodding about that. Then Kevin Kelly interviews The Undertaker and Kane, who's got his arm taped up at this point. And this might be one of my favorite Taker um, interviews up to this point. So, which we say that pretty much every every we say a lot. <laughs> yeah. But it this keeps, one is it, it keeps raising the bar. Exactly, he really does. So, Kevin Kelly goes, "You guys ready for this match?" And Taker says, <laughs> "Undertaker Kane later on tonight. You take on Edge and Christian for the tag team championships. And after everything that you've been through tonight, are you guys ready for this match? Why don't you shut up?" I swear, you asked the most stupid-ass questions I've ever heard. But he yells at him like an angry father. And he's like, who was it that told Triple H and Austin beating women and commentators makes you a bad A? Uh, he says, we're going to show them what it's like to be B.A., basically. And uh, just says, you know, Edge and Christian are seven-time champs, so that means they're going to lose the title for the seventh time tonight. And I'm going to make them famous. So, mm. But it's just the way he just, like, it's like... You just shut up. You ask the stupidest questions. Like it seemed like it was a shoot for for real. Well, he's certainly uh, no investigative journalist. That's, to, that's no, for sure. no, 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 no. Yeah, he, he's missing those frosted tips like Michael Cole has too. So <laughs> uh, I also had those um, a little bit before this Indeed time. You did. You anyway. know, <laughs> where's Lucas, man? Well, why is he not know. asking the hard hitting questions? He should be he disappeared. He must he must be working on that Undertaker dot com. That's right. <laughs> <Is> that, <laughs> The webmaster. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man, webmaster, whatever. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so then we got Edge and Christian coming out for their match against Kane and Taker, and Rhino comes out with them, and Kane's all bandaged up. And um, before Taker can make it into the ring, obviously Kane is going to get attacked by these guys, three-on-one. Taker runs in, helps out. Kane's working the match, really selling pretty well, actually. Um it's a good, fun match, but and then, like you mentioned a few weeks ago, Taker just, if you want to know how to do a hot tag, just watch Undertaker, man, which I never thought I'd say because he's not known right. for tag teams. Yeah. But he really is so good, man. But um, it's so good this in this match itself that when it gets denied, because the, like as they're about to get the hot tag, Edge draws the ref's attention. I don't remember who the ref was, but anyway, the crowd loses it. That's and Edge gets even more heat on it. Yeah, it's so... It was so fun to watch that, man. Just watch, you know, like I said, especially someone who's not a tag team specialist like Taker and Kane. You just know how to do that psychology for that match. It was so fun. But once Taker finally gets the hot tag, he just goes nuts on his former ministry members. And uh, I think Taz is like, Dead Man Inc. is rolling. So getting his little dad joke pun in there. So, um, of course, Rhino comes in. It's Taker with the chairs. And then um, – but uh, Rhino interferes again, and Kane comes in for the save. They kind of brawl, and they brawl outside, and Kane chokeslams Rhino on the steel ramp. Then the two-man power trip come in and attack Kane from behind. Edge and Christian go for the concerto on Taker, but he ducks. And they, of course, that hurts their fingers, apparently. That's, uh, right. You know, it's got to. And then he hits a huge last ride on, I'm going to let you guess, who does he hit it on? Gotta be our boy Christian. <laughs> yes, and he covers him to win the tag team titles with his brother.
yeah. Five-time cool. tag team champion <laughs> for The Undertaker. Seven-time for Edge and Christian, who are tag team specialists. Right. <laughs> Five times for Taker. <laughs> go, go figure. And with his kayfabe brother here, so. That's right, um, that's right. <laughs> uh, of course, the two-man power trip come in, attack Kane, uh, or excuse me, attack Taker. Kane comes in for the save, kind of swings it wildly. The heels bell, and I just wrote, at this point, the build is quick, but this part was intense. It was fun. I had a lot of good times with it. Like I said, I think the stuff on SmackDown these last two weeks has been more fun than what you've been checking out on Raw, but um, it just happens to fall that way, but it is what it is, so... That was good stuff. I feel like Undertaker and Kane versus Edge and Christian might have overtaken Undertaker versus Mankind as like the match we've seen <laughs> right? the most. On the show. Just in like the past eight months, man. Yeah, I know. So many times. But I love it. I love it every time. Just like Undertaker yeah. and Mankind, I love it every time. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Well, uh, thankfully, yeah, you've had some fun stuff. I've had to endure some stuff I didn't. Didn't love so much, but it's all going to come to a halt here as uh, the go-home show, April 23rd, 2001. It's a good day. Your birthday. Your <laughs> 15th birthday, man. Uh, yes, sir. We didn't go to this Raw because it's in Denver, Colorado. Uh, so no. They couldn't quite make it to that one. Uh, but you got a heck of a main event on your birthday, man. Listen to this. Did I? Eight-man tag between Austin, Triple H, Edge, and Christian versus Undertaker, Kane, and the Hardys. Good heavens. How about that's a that? pay-per-view main event, dude. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, birthday to me. That's what the show's building all up to here. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the build-up uh, on here. Just peek behind the curtain. Um, I'm We're recording this on my old laptop because I left my uh, charger for my new laptop uh, back at home over Christmas. And my wife's still there. I'm back uh, at my... Anyway, uh, we're recording on a 10-year-old computer uh, Travis has a sick baby at home, so we're going to try to get this done before my computer crashes again. But anyway, uh, this show is building up to that match. Uh, Taker and Kane uh, start the show with a promo, uh, and they call out Triple H and Austin for a fight, but Edge and Christian answer them instead. Uh, they talk about how they're the elite tag team. They've been champs seven times. They're seven times better than Undertaker and Kane. Uh, so they go to fight Taker and Kane, uh, Austin and Triple H, ambush them from out of the crowd and beat up on them for a while uh we find out that oh maybe uh or excuse me uh investigative journalist michael cole uh informs austin triple h that taker and kane are going to be able to compete for the rest of the night so as the heels that they are austin triple h are all confident now so they head out to the ring Uh, and they oddly enough they head out together to vince mcmahon's music uh no Talk about trying to get heat on Austin. I guess know. so, man. Uh, get I rid mean, of the glass breaking, beat up on women, beat up on JR, uh, which we didn't really talk about too much. But uh, That was the first match down after WrestleMania. Yeah. He beat the crap out of his best friend. Just the cheapest of heat, dude. Um, yeah. So anyway, they're uh, talking a lot of trash now since uh, they sneak attacked Undertaker and Kane, and they're gone. Uh, well, the Hardy Boys come out and answer them, and, and they get a huge reaction, huge pop. They say they're ready to fight uh, these two guys, and what do you know? Kane and Undertaker come out behind them, and again, it's the same stuff I was talking about on last week's Raw. The Hardy Boys are going down to walk down to fight. Kane's pyro goes off, and the Hardy Boys like step out of the way for the big boys to go down. Mm, yeah, and, and it sucks. Face, uh, Triple H and Austin, and so the Hardy Boys shove off. Uh, the, the heels run out of the ring, and 
The match is made because Mick Foley's music plays and he hits the stage at WWF New York and pulls out one of those magic retroactive contracts since he's not the commissioner anymore, but he had these magic contracts. It's kind of silly, but allows him to make a match, any match of his choosing at any raw of his choosing. So uh, he makes this. Yeah. Just for your birthday. (laughs) Um, Thanks. Thanks Mick. (laughs) We uh, also find out on the show that uh, skipped over Sunday Night Heat from the night before, uh, which we have not talked about Heat in a good long while, but it actually plays a part in this uh, randomly Ooh. because that's the show where we find out what the stipulation for this big pay-per-view main event is at Backlash. Uh, they have a bunch of backstage segments with Vince, Austin, and Triple H, and apparently Oh, this is we haven't talked about all this, but Vince and Linda are getting divorced. Linda yeah. has demanded a divorce after WrestleMania, and it eats up a lot of television time. <laughs> this yeah. month, these segments, but Linda forces Vince to make the tag team match at Backlash between Stone Cold, Triple H, and the Brothers of Destruction into a match where the tag team titles are on the line, but also the WWF title and the Intercontinental title are on the line as well. So if one of the Brothers of Destruction pins one of the two-man power trip, that man will win the other man's individual title. So uh, obviously Austin and Triple H are not happy about that. But yeah, there you go. Sunday Night Heat playing a role out of nowhere. Yeah, there you go. Coming out of left field. So. And speaking of championships, uh, we also find out on this episode of Raw that the LA Extreme won the inaugural XFL championship in an absolute blowout, man. 38-6, to a classic game that we all remember. And, you know, uh, just want to say congrats to that team. Of course, first of many titles, I'm sure, for that uh, young, explosive team. I, I didn't keep up with the XFL after the first season, but uh, I'm sure they went on to a lot of success. Yeah, they must have. They, they were in that riveting cheese at Bowl the other day. But um, anyway, you think that <laughs> are they going to be a new team in the new XFL, the LA Extreme? If so, they should defend their title. Absolutely, they that, should have to, I think it should be their right. Yeah, they should do it like wrestling. They should have to defend the title. It shouldn't even be like a Super Bowl. You just every match is a whoever wins the title. Right? I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just trade a title back. A and linear forth. XFL champion. Exactly storylines. Yeah. yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this main event on this episode of Raw is a fun little uh, go-home show main event. All eight guys brawl, start out. Um, Christian uh, chokes on a few pain sickles out there in the (laughs) ring. Crowd is really electric for it, man. They're here for the Brothers of Destruction. Austin is actually getting some heel heat, man. There's some loud Austin sucks chants when he's in the ring, uh, which kind of took me off guard. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Undertaker has the win, but Edge and Christian yank him out of the ring. Stone Cold gives the stunner <clears throat> to Matt Hardy, tosses Triple H on him, so the heels steal the win here. And, of course, the Hardy boys eat the pin because they're jabronis compared to Undertaker and Kane as far as this buildup is concerned. But, uh, yeah, that's the uh, Raw go-home. And uh, I'm sure you'll tell us, or you can tell us now what happens on SmackDown. Yeah, well, in case you're wondering what happens to Matt Hardy because if he's got jobbed out on Raw, he's going to get a European Championship match. Well, actually, he's going to win it on SmackDown, I think, um, this week. I'm out to cover. I can't remember if he wins it here or the week before, but, yeah, it doesn't make sense. What and a consolation, Chris, bro. Christian's going to be put in that match, too. It's just weird. 
Yeah, doesn't make sense. Anyway, why not have the Hardys and Edge and Christian against each other? I mean, exactly. I know we've done it all the time, but it would make it sense works. for right here. <laughs> yeah, damn, yeah. Man. Oh, it would. Um, so SmackDown '88, April 2601, Triple H, Steph get there in a limo, discussing some business with Vince, or excuse me, Vince is like, "Come, I've been talking with Austin for a while, and let's go and." He says that tonight they're going to be a, a, a night they're going to remember for a long time because Regal has booked Kane versus Edge and Christian and Taker versus three members of the Right to Censor. So, oh and y- yes. And if either one of them interfere in each other's matches, the WWF title and the Intercontinental title will not be up for grabs at Backlash, just their tag team titles. So he then tells uh, the two-man power trip that they have a tag team match tonight they got to get ready for but he won't tell them who they're facing because he wants them to be razor sharp he says so Ooh. let <laughs> razor that razor ramon coming back exactly <laughs> exactly how how cool that have been that have been awesome uh, actually if it was the, the, the outsiders, outsiders walked out golly oh i wouldn't even care what happened to backlash i've been so excited about that but um later on we see vince going getting in triple h's limo and leaving the one that Triple H arrived in, and Stephen Rich, old White Sox himself, Stephen Richards, is there, and he's like, "Thank you, Vince. Thank you for this opportunity." So later on, Edge and Christian are like, "What's in it for us since we're facing Kane tonight?" I mean, it's Kane, basically. They say, and so you know, we want a shot at gold for this, and uh, that's what I think. Um, this is where Vince puts Christian in that uh, European Championship match at Backlash, and uh, they say tonight the, the big red machine's going to melt down. Which I don't know if that's like some kind of. Uh, chernobyl like thing <laughs> like pun or three mile island i don't know what they're going with but yeah anyway. it's, a, it's an atom bomb callback I, I guess yeah i guess so so but um anyway we see the right to censor about to implode backstage as you mentioned you know we, we mentioned here on this episode and we find out that steven was thanking vince because he has been added to this match now it's ah. four on one so Edge and Christian take on Kane, and basically this match is just all for them to work the arm and end in a DQ because they hit a concerto on the arm of Kane. Um, he rises in pain and screaming in pain in the middle of the ring. So it's really like it's really a long match to be just kind of a part of an angle that's just them gonna lose by or DQ anyway. But I thought they would kind of just come in there and beat him up anyway. But whatever, it's it it, it plays into the story. Then sure. we get the power power trip backstage and they're uh, pleased at what just happened and uh, Deborah is bringing them coffee that's, that Stone Cold had ordered them to her to go get earlier and she comes in and she spills it straight on Austin's sh- like, shirt and he flips out and starts screaming at her and sends her to the truck so I'm not sure what that ever came of that but it just uh, has him a little unsettled so jeez <laughs> I'm gonna I need to restrain myself. Uh, well, this whole thing <laughs> of him some domestic like, violence jokes. Well, I was gonna say this whole thing of him, like <laughs> the way he's treating her, is is very creepy because of what we know actually happens. Yeah, yeah. we'll leave that. Unfortunate. Yeah, so we'll just leave that be. So here we get the right censor, Good Father Valvinus, the mouth of South Bobby Cannon, and White Sox Steve Richards come to the ring for their four on one. Um, Taker comes out, I mean, just a huge pop, and he's rocking that tag team title around his waist. Um, as this match is happening, we see the power trip and Steph watching backstage, kind of just, you know, approving of what's going on. And basically, <laughs> this match starts, and Taker beats all the other three guys up in the middle of the ring, and Steven is just kind of on the outside playing like that shark in waiting, I guess, you know. But um, he's a little sand shark. He's not too terrifying. But being a coward, 
Taker hits old school on Bull, and uh, he's basically taking out Val and Kama, or excuse me, Good Father himself, just completely burying the greatest faction of all time. <laughs> I can't even say that without laughing. Don't hide it. <laughs> anyway, they eventually get the upper hand when Steven comes in, and, and he's like, okay, I got it from here, guys, got it from here. He sends them all to the back. Of course, they're livid. Um, he... Uh, turns around right into a big boot and then uh, gets a huge last ride again and the other guys in their RTC just kind of look on and kind of nod in approval and high five once Steven takes the pinfall. So I just wrote, Taker may have just single-handedly finished off the right to censor for good. So. Pour one <laughs> yes. out for the right to censor, man. Exactly. It's a sad day for sure. Uh, oh. hang, a, hang a tie from the ceiling in memory. <laughs> Yeah, how do we mourn that? Hang on. I don't know. I'm not sure how to mourn that. Dude, think but. about this, what you just told me for just a second, that The Undertaker single-handedly defeated <laughs> yeah, two guys. former Intercontinental Champions, the former Tag Team Champions, one of the greatest hardcore champions of all time right here. I mean, uh, the RTC was a joke, but they just held the tag titles Mm -hmm. Uh, Val Venus and Goodfather were legit champions like Mm -hmm. a year ago. (laughs) Yep. I think you just squashed the four of them together. That is unbelievable, man. It really is, man. That is really is burial and a a goodbye, good night, and good luck to that. (laughs) Yeah. Good day to you, sir. (laughs) Do not pass go or collect two hundred dollars because they are just. I mean, I don't know if they last much after that, but he basically just put the. You know, tombstone on them, the the gravesite. So, well, do you do you have any final eulogy you want to give for uh, your your all time number one faction? Rest in peace. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, two man power trip were angry backstage because uh, just because they you know they don't have because the RTC just broke up. I guess yeah, so they couldn't get a job done so. They're just living. They're just fans just like I am, apparently. So um, Regal then whispers in their ear who their opponents are going to be in just a minute because, remember, Vince wouldn't tell them. So. Right. And Austin and Triple H are acting like – they're like, I can't believe you would do that. Why would you make us face these guys? They're just really you know, hamming it up here. They come out for their opponents, and they wait in the ring, and Kai and Ty appear on stage. Oh, my God. <laughs> the SmackDowns are fun. So. Taka and uh, comes out with this is where they whole, they're doing the whole voiceover thing. You know he's uh, he's talking about they don't we don't fear the, you and <clears throat> you guys are that darn good and that darn smart or whatever but we're that darn evil. And then Funaki slash Bruce Pritchard says indeed. <laughs> so they walk to the bottom of the ramp and all of a sudden you see Taka pick the uh, mic back up and he starts talking and another voiceover but this time. It's the Undertaker's voice. You know, as I stand here, all I see in the ring are dead men walking. Indeed. So this is our coming back from the ministry days. We had lots of voiceovers, so now Taker's bringing it back here. Absolutely. Yeah. And the crowd just goes crazy for it, man. It's just, it's great. That's incredible. It is. It was fun. And uh, 
that guy tried to get in the ring and get beat up for a split second before um, the Brothers of Destruction slide in right behind the two-man power trip and start beating him up. And they kind of punish him right until the heels slip out and powder out of the ring and go up the ramp. And they just kind of look on because they, you know, they just got ambushed basically and set up by Taker and Kane. So Taker and Kane grab the tag titles. Taker grabs the WWF title and Kane holds up the IC title. So they're holding all four championships. Um, fire shoots out of the ring post and there, you know, you can see that the two-man power trip were ticked out, ticked out, excuse me, ticked off. And I just wrote, man, to me, that was how you build that, that put that final exclamation point on that match. It was just fun to see the the heels get their comeuppance real quick and sure. the faces stand yeah. tall right before that match. And again, it was silly with Kai and Tai nonsense, but the crowd loved every second of it. It was fun. I did too. <laughs> it was a blast to watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So sort of the tale of two different bookings and, and, yeah. and a lot of a lot of different stuff. Another one of these uh, international flights to get next door. There's yep. a lot of stuff <laughs> happening to get to this match. Uh, so much crammed in. So much has changed uh, in these characters in this time. Titles changing hands. Uh, a, a lot of overbooking to an overbooked match. And a lot of cheap heat trying to really... Uh, rock uh, strap a rocket ship to this stone cold heel turn so exactly that's uh, the whole point basically exactly yeah yeah that's that's the main story here that's taking us to backlash april 29th 2001 uh before we yeah. get there i want to mention something real quick about heat that happened there's absolutely nothing with undertaker on it but i just want to mention this cause you mentioned heat a minute ago and you know it doesn't come up very often because pretty much it sucks and it's not important <laughs> but uh nowadays but i do want to mention too that you know, as we talk about Taker and, and the business, and we've specifically mentioned these last couple episodes here that, you know, obviously WCW is folded, it's gone, ECW is gone. And on this episode of Heat, Jerry Lynn debuts for the WWF, and he wins the light heavyweight title from Crash Harley. So, with that being said, that makes three out of the last five ECW champions have debuted for the WWF in the last three months. And two of them are now holding lower tier titles in WWF. So he's holding that. Rhino's holding the hardcore title. The only two, like the other champion, um, the other champions that haven't, the East of champions that haven't debuted yet would be um, Sandman and Steve Carino, which only Steve Carino ever came to the WWF, did he? No. But Sandman did, obviously, with the, uh, you know, he beat up a zombie on the first episode. <laughs> He's on sci-fi. But. Poured his beer on us at December to December. <laughs> he did. Um, I just want to mention that just because, again, this is just – ECW is really dead now. You know, like they're really dead. Um, I don't know. It's just – it was just – it was just – I don't know. It just stood out to me that three out of the last five ECW champions are all now in the WWF. And that was so random to have Jerry Lynn come in yeah. out of nowhere on heat and, exactly. and win that title. and. You remember Jerry Lynn being in one of the video games? Uh, that was like, yes. I mean, he was barely there. Uh, he was. I, I don't know if he ever on, made it off Heat. <laughs> he was, uh, he was on, on Judgment a few Day. Things. Remember on uh, Judgment Day? He, or he no, was. On, I don't remember. Dirty after New York on Judgment Day, I think, because he said he did his little catchphrase. What was it, man? Uh, I don't even remember, but we'll get yeah. there next month. So. 
Yeah, he was anyway. barely there. I guess he was in SmackDown 3, maybe. Uh, He's on the first one on PS2. Yeah. First yeah. one, yeah. I used him all the time, man. Me too. I gave him a big push that guy. My, uh, video game fed. <laughs> Me too. I love Jerry Land. <laughs> Absolutely. So, anyway, that's just a little fun fact for you. So, let's get to Backlash. Yeah. Uh, April 29th, 2001, from Chicago, Illinois, the yeah. Allstate Arena. Uh, it's always, we hear Stone Cold talk on his podcast, the last one of his absolute favorite places to work of all time. Yeah, which is funny because he's supposed to go in here as a heel now, you know? Right. This is where WrestleMania 13, where they turned him face. Now he's there turning heel. Good point. How how Uh, weird is that, you know? Interesting. Full circle. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, do you have any uh, memories memories of this match back in the day? Uh, Were you excited for it? Did you watch it uh, back then? I cannot remember this match, honestly, man. I remember that it was... This, I remember the stipulation. I remember they had stakes. I remember the Austin Hill turn stuff. But I remember um, some stuff on the undercard a little better, uh, honestly. Because, as I said, I think my favorite hardcore match is on this, and that's Raven and Rhino. I just the the gore through the shopping cart is incredible. That's a great so, spot. And also the Duchess of Queensbury match. Oh my that. god! <laughs> I'd love to forget that. But, 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 in all honesty, though, remember Angle and Benoit, that three out of, or that ultimate submission match? That was something I remember you and I both looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And then it's got that big show, Shane's, with that crazy spot, the crazy bump. Big uh, elbow drop big, off the stage. Yeah, yeah, so I remember all that stuff, and I remember that random European title match again. But I, I really I really could not remember, I remember the outcome of this main event, but I could not remember the match itself. And um, I don't know. And there's probably good reason because we're about to cover it. Well, you'd think this would be a bigger deal, you know. Looking yeah. back, they've done this type of match one time before, back mm-hmm. in '95. It was HBK and Diesel against yeah. uh, Yokozuna. It's supposed to be Owen Hart, but it ended up being British Bulldogs. Uh, Philadelphia right. Owen Hart in that match, but like in kayfabe wise, you this would arguably be one of the biggest main events of all time because you've got right. The three top titles all on the line in exactly. one match, you know, and with the star power here, uh, you'd think this would be a bigger deal, but uh, it's pretty overlooked, and it's you know it doesn't feel like it's got the, you know that, uh, that excitement going for it here, and it doesn't have the you know legacy that that you think it might have. So yeah, no, it's weird, man. Maybe it's just because it's got that stench of the Austin Hill turn on it. I don't know. So. I think that's a lot of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, we get a cool opening video package here to start the show with a, a phrase that we're going to hear approximately 97 times uh, throughout the show and the match and yeah. the next night on Raw. Uh, <laughs> he who has the gold has the power. He who has the power has the gold. He who has the gold has the power. He who has the power. That sounds like it's from Mystery Men. It <laughs> doesn't make any sense. <laughs> What's that guy's name from Mystery Men that said all those quotes like that? Uh, or, oh, it was Ben Stiller's character, wasn't okay, it? Okay, yeah. Or no, who was it? Anyway, I don't know. Whatever. Don't master, yeah. don't master your rage, your rage will become your master, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it literally means nothing. But yeah, Paul Heyman loves it. 
he, he does. It's the coolest man. thing he's ever heard. He probably came up with it. Absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, video package was cool to open it up, but like, and it's, it also does the whole no power, no gold, no power, no gold, mm-hmm. like with the K. You know, it's like um, Yoda. That's pretty cool, but um, <laughs> I don't know. It just it's such a quick thrown together feud. Sure. It just yeah. this this video package makes it seem a lot better than it really is, I guess. So, but at least it's, this match has stakes. You know, they added this these big stakes to it. So, well, we not see... o- not Omaha. No, no, they're not a sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> Forget those guys. Uh, <laughs> we get a couple promos well, from both the teams, some segments about them, uh, teasing yeah. some tension with the two man power trip. You know, they're kind of got an uneasy alliance here uh and we see the other big story is kane's injured arm is all taped up so that's uh you know what's uh, on their minds making them nervous throughout the night uh and yeah the big story is the debut of shane o'mac's theme song here comes the money oh this is the debut for it this is it right here man yep so how about that great song and speaking of music you know, we spent a good time talking about terrible music edits on the WWE Network on this show. Yeah. There's a positive example of it because the X-Factors theme has been edited off the network uh, on this oh. pay-per-view. Uncle Cracker. Oh, man. Uh, what'd you call me? <laughs> I would never. Yeah, I was You know I love you more than that. I was telling you uh, before we were recording that it actually is on one of the episodes of SmackDown, which I'm is strange, sorry. but... Like every other one. No, I was happy to hear it, dude. It's such like a, it's not good, but it's like a, it's just like, it took me back, man. It took me back 17 years. So it was funny. But yeah, yeah one of those episodes, it did, man. That guy sucked. He had two songs. One of them's on radio and one of them's on WWF. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, had, he had a couple more. He had more than one. <laughs> I don't recall. <laughs> good for you. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, something cool happens with uh, Vince and Shane as well. <clears throat> oh, yeah, man. Yeah, so I, I mentioned earlier that Big Show-Shane uh, match with that huge bump. Um, we get this scene backstage um, where, which I think is just pure prophecy because Vince, is he's angry about what just happened because Shane won. And he tells Triple H, as of this day forward, I have only one son, and his name is Triple H. And I was like, that's wow. pretty much how it was for like – Several years after this for a shoot. A little you know? shoot ski right And then, there. uh, <laughs> exactly. Took till what, 2016 when he finally let Shane back in his life, his yeah. company. <laughs> it was just really funny to me, you know, to see, um, I don't know. It, it is crazy to see all this <laughs> kayfabe stuff become real life uh, over yeah. the years. All right, so the main event, obviously it's the main event of the show. Undertaker and Kane, the tag team champions against Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> The Intercontinental and WWF champions, respectively, here with all of the gold on the line. And uh, uh, Triple H is going to come out first here. We've got JR and Paul Heyman on commentary again, which we're going to see a lot over the next few months. And they, no doubt, yeah, it's a great <laughs> team. Uh, enjoy them, as well, even though Paul Heyman repeats that phrase over and over again. But you say Rumpel Stillskin saying that whole thing about gold over and over again. <laughs> it's just. This is ridiculous. Rumple Heyman. Uh, he, <laughs> that sounds bad. That sounds they, like something we should get checked out. Oh, you had to, you got to get a Rumple Heyman checked out. You don't want to live with that for long. Um, no. 
they note a few interesting things on commentary though. Triple H is coming out that apparently he's never been tag champ at this point as of April 2001, I, which blew my mind. But I know. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and also JR notes that if Austin and Triple H won this match, then Triple H would become only the second ever Grand Slam winner of all time. So think about that in 2001. That's cool, man. Only Shawn Michaels had done it uh, up to that point. That's crazy. Spoiler alert, Triple H is going to do it tonight. But (laughs) since then, in the past 17 years, uh, I looked it up, man. There have been 24 Grand Slam champions altogether. Oh, my word. Because they've changed the definition of it. And back then it was European Tag Team Intercontinental World. And there's actually been 12 in that original format. But there's been 12 more in the modern format where you throw in the world title, U.S. title. uh, I think they even include, you know, all the different tag team belts, hardcore title, (laughs) whatever. But still, that just goes to show you. uh, It meant something back then. It did. It did. And uh, I guess it still means a little bit of something, but not not the same level. Yeah. Well, like, I think this year, within, like, a couple weeks, like in 2018, I think Randy Orton was added to that list, and then so was Jeff Hardy within like three weeks of each other. And Dean Ambrose and they, as well. And Ambrose, yeah, it's just crazy. So, but whatever. So yeah, it was it was an interesting fact. You know, Jr. did his research there, and I mean, because he didn't have internet to look it up on probably back then, so he was actually digging through. And <laughs> they did have the back. internet back then. <laughs> I'm saying he can just hop on Wikipedia like we can, <laughs> you know, get the best information from all around the world. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled out the pro wrestling almanac. He probably he had it all written down like a legal pad or something, man. <laughs> so, sassafras. I'm saying he didn't have the internet. Period. I'm saying it wasn't as good as as, as deep. Dial up. <laughs> Take him a long way to get it. Long yeah. time to get it. <laughs> Especially back in Oklahoma. They might not have had the internet in Oklahoma. (laughs) They might not have, actually. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Austin's going to come out next. uh, And then Kane selling his arm on the way out to the ring. And Undertaker's going to sell it to. (laughs) I'm done. I'm out. All right. You finish this. I'm sorry. I had to. Oh. Can we continue? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <sighs> oh. All right. Then Undertaker rides out last. You got anything for that? Dude, when he hits, when that music hits, man, he gets the best reaction out of all four of those guys, I think. In my opinion, I think he gets the biggest reaction out of all four he of them. He does. He does. Which does. is saying a lot, you know? So. Yeah, uh, it's interesting also that they all, you know, they all do their own entrance here. Uh, we got a tag team match with all these guys, tag team champions. They all come out by themselves. Yeah, because they're all impotent. Absolutely. So. <laughs> uh, Taker and Kane are going to rush the ring while Austin Triple H are standing in it. And Austin Triple H do what we've seen them do a few times over the past few weeks. Yeah. They take a powder immediately. And we get a lot of stalling uh, to start this match off. Uh, Austin Triple H mm. strategizing on the outside and reminded me a lot of the Hollywood Blondes days. Uh, yeah. Austin was definitely feeling that, reliving that. And, God, you know, Austin really is 
we don't think of him as one, but he was a great tag team worker, especially oh, as a heel. But he had some great moments there with, with Dude Love and Shawn Michaels when he was holding the tag yeah. team titles uh, a couple years ago. And, and uh, uh, you know, with Undertaker as well back in the sure. day. But he's one of the best singles wrestlers of all time, no question, but kind of underrated as a tag team guy. Oh, for sure, man. I think, you know, if they could have gone farther in WCW, that would have been really cool to see what, you know, he and Pillman could have done. But, yeah, man, it's he's good at what he's done. But like you said, it is weird just to see him go from, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin we all know and love and don't trust anybody to all of a sudden this quote-unquote bionic redneck character where he's just yeah. suddenly a chicken salad heel, you know? Like, just he powders out of the ring all of a sudden. And, and but, that's the problem. He's good at it. But it's exactly, just yeah, it's exactly. so sudden that it's, it's hard a, it's to get. It's 180 degrees away from where he was a month yeah, ago. Yeah, so. but he's great at it. He, he gets no, the no, heel yeah. psychology. He's he's really does a great job at playing that character, but it's just not what we wanted to see. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. And um, so like you said, they powder around the ring a couple times, like you know, and, and the two-man power trip kind of circling the ring, sliding in and out and going back out and Finally, Triple H is up on the apron, and Taker punches him in the face, and the bell rings. So I guess that signifies timekeeper. Mark Keaton's like, oh, that was it. So he just ding, 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 ding. So I guess that's how matches start now. So that's official, yeah. <laughs> they made contact. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, but anyway, Austin, it's funny because like, Triple H, is he's doing his best Ric Flair in this match too, man, like right. we mentioned. Um and Austin's like checking on his eye on the outside from that one punch from the Undertaker, and it's just kind of funny to see them do that kind of stuff. You know, it's just really funny. It is. Uh, I I enjoyed that part of it, uh, and we're gonna see a lot of role reversal here. Um, yeah. Kane and Triple H finally get things started officially, really uh, in the ring. They really start the wrestling in there. And, yeah. Um, we're gonna see the guys trade off, and my favorite part of the early part of this match is that Taker ends up stomping a mud hole in Austin. <laughs> he gets Austin down in the corner, and he doesn't flick him off. He should have. He should have done that. No, yeah, that would he does, he does the Austin stomping a mud hole spot as Austin begs off like a coward, uh, uh, like a, uh, like this uh, chicken salad heel that we've been seeing here. But it was really, really cool to see Undertaker doing that. Oh, yeah. I loved it, man. It was great. There's some, there's some other little good gems like that in this match, but they're – they're hard to find. They're in this, uh, the slow part we're going to get to in just a few minutes here. So Kane's in there at this point, I think, sure. after that. And um, he's uh, <clears throat> he's working in some shots. And um, we kind of um, see Triple H turn the tide. And Kane gets a hope spot. And at this time, commentary is kind of going over all the history between the guys in the ring. Just how, you know, just how they've turned on each other and been feuding with each other and all the kind of stuff. It's kind of neat to see them throw that in because, you know, like I said, Heyman and JR with his pre-internet, <laughs> pre-dial-up internet, they're good at that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and his abacus out, keeping notes. <laughs> yeah, oh, something man. JR was maybe not so great at was nicknames here because he calls sure. Undertaker and Kane the – the Twin Towers of Doom, and uh, mm. that name didn't stick around for obvious reasons here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A few months later, in 2001. Yeah. That one didn't last. Uh, no, it did not last long. Uh, Taker hits old school on Triple H, and then goes for another on Stone Cold, and it just runs all over these two. Man, uh, he's getting the baby faces are getting the shine on here early on. Uh, Taker hits some suit bones on Triple H, uh, but uh, eventually the heels retreat out of the ring yet again. For the for, third time. Yeah. yeah. 
and this time they're just going to walk away from everything. But Taker and Kane aren't going to let him get away so easily. Yeah, so like I said, the third time they, they go out there, and but um, Taker goes, and, or excuse me, <clears throat> Kane attacks him from behind, throws Austin back in the ring, and Taker's going to go for the last ride, but Triple H clotheslines him down out of it, and the power trips start stomping mud holes in Taker in the heel corner. Um, excuse me, in their corner, which I just call the heel corner. It's the bottom right corner right. on the screen if you've ever watched a match on WWE, tag match on WWF. But um, Austin clotheslines uh, uh, on the outside, and Triple H throws Taker back into the steps. And back in the ring, Taker does, or excuse me, Austin puts Taker on the middle rope and does the 316, like the 619, <laughs> but the 316 where he jumps on his, jumps on his back and chokes his neck why on did the, he uh, never call it that why did he not ever do call it the 216 what a missed opportunity so um but then this part i really do like this part this is when they get quick really quick tags by triple yes. h and austin you know they're, they're cutting the ring in half they're takers staying in that in that corner it's just really smart tag team wrestling stuff you see like the revival do nowadays or and that's he, about it he the heel usos when the usos were heels yeah they, yeah. Did, they did it um, but other than that, you don't see this kind of stuff. It was just really this part was so fun, and this I feel like the match should have ended really soon after this. <laughs> it could have. They easily could have shaved ten minutes off this match and, and not lost a thing. Uh, yeah. Undertaker uh, he refuses to tag Kane uh, due to the arm injury. You know that that's been the big story here. So Undertaker doesn't want to tag kane in even though he's hurting so he has to endure some more punishment from austin uh like you said the uh, the two-man power trip double team him but kane is actually going to force a tag as undertaker gets close enough to him slaps him on the back uh, and gets himself in the ring and here's where uh, we, we've kind of mentioned it a bit before this is where earl hebner just decides to ignore the rules yep. of tag team wrestling as triple h and austin just start Basically for the rest of the match, just running in whenever they want, not even trying to distract the referee anymore, but just going in, bumping and feeding, doing whatever, double teaming, and yep. Hebner doesn't seem to care uh, at all. He's just letting it happen. And it drives me crazy. I wrote that in my notes. Like it, I hate, I, I hate when they just forget it. Like it's okay when they forget it when it plays into the story of the match or something, you know, or like the blind tags or something like that. But like. When they just forget the rules and just, just I don't know, and just use it and enforce them when they want to. I remember we, we used to get both of us got frustrated that, that earlier on in at Taker's career with some of those matches he had where like no DQ and stuff like that that didn't really. Sometimes they would enforce DQs, yeah. and sometimes they wouldn't. Yeah, it's just like it's, it feels like it's back to that. And it's Earl Hebner who's supposed to be the best referee they have, and he's just not on his game and that definitely took away from the match for me again i know it's fake i know it's <laughs> i know it's i know it's not a real competition but you're supposed to suspend your disbelief and get sucked into it you know and it's just like those little things man they really do add up you know because it doesn't make any sense and he just lets you know triple h and austin come in whenever they want but then in a few minutes here he's going to deny taker something so. exactly Kane gives a sidewalk slam to Austin and hits a uh, diving clothesline on him. And then <laughs> Triple H ends up on the top rope somehow. Uh, apparently, he's going to be a luchador tonight. He's going to go for some yeah, top rope why moves. Why is he up there? <laughs> Never gone for a top rope move in his life. But uh, Kane throws Triple H off the top rope. 
Um, Taker, again, doing his thing on the outside. He's also secretly uh, undercover, a great tag team wrestler. (laughs) Riling up the crowd to get that hot tag. Um, And Austin tries to bring a chair into the ring. He slams it on Kane's elbow uh, while Hebner is distracted. Uh, Hebner chases him, uh, chases Undertaker, tries to grab the chair from Undertaker. And, you know, the heels are again just distracting the referee, cutting the ring off, uh, going after... Uh, Taker and Kane here as Taker gets busted open a little bit. He got a little yeah. baby trickle. I guess it was hard way uh, on his forehead. It must have been. Just a little bit of blood and like right between his eyeballs, basically. <laughs> Just right in his forehead. So, um, yeah, Austin works the arm um, on Kane and Taker's firing up for the hot tail, like you said. And I just wrote my notes at this point. We've hit the down period of the match where the heels are getting heat on the baby face before that hot tag. Um, and, and just unfortunately, from a ring psychology standpoint, like the babyface in peril is Kane, though, who it's hard to get sympathy for. You know, like he's a big dude that should kill you all. Like it's just weird um, to see him being the one you're supposed to be sympathetic toward. But it's just I don't know, man. I feel like this is the part where this match just went down several notches for me, as far as entertainment, as far as where I, you know, just thought the storyline should have, you know, they, they could have got to the point of the they end this match about twice as fast as they did. Yeah, there's so. a lot of wrist locks and arm holds on Kane, and it just kind of drags to a halt here. Uh, as Austin comes in at one point, even though Triple H is the legal man, and <laughs> yeah. there's absolutely no tag, there's no fake tag, they don't slap their hands no. or anything, Austin just comes in and, and takes over. Uh, and Hebner's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous, man ridiculous yeah. and there's some kind of like miscommunication between austin and kane at this point because it results in this very tiny ugly suplex from steve austin he picks kane up for like this really small suplex and it's pretty ugly and then triple h again luchador <laughs> comes off the top rope again and kane <laughs> sticks his foot up and boots him right in the in the tooth so um yeah it's that yeah, move man. where someone's on the ground and the guy on the top rope yeah. is Going for just a flying short of nothing, them. yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. Going for a double axe handle while guys on the ground. Apparently, I'm gonna I jump that. really close to you. I yeah. hate that. Um, yeah. Uh, Triple H eventually uh, hits the pedigree though, uh, and yes, he does. Or, or it doesn't go for the pin. He tags in Austin no. out of nowhere. Yep. Really weird uh, uh, move set or, or uh, really weird transition Psychology, right there. Yeah. Psychology. Um, Taker comes in and breaks things up, but the crowd is just kind of lackluster so far. Yeah, just they just didn't care that. Like, I guess they knew it wasn't the end. You know, they just were kind of conditioned to, to nowadays. You know, to know what to expect, and they just they didn't care that Taker made the save because they knew it wasn't going to be the end. So, right. Um, Taker chokeslams Austin behind Hebner's back as I think Hebner is arguing with Stephanie at this point. She's on the turn. She's on the apron, and he just. Falls off and shoves her off. Yeah, <laughs> that woke the crowd up, though. Yes, they it did. enjoyed seeing that. And anytime anything happens to Stephanie, man, the crowd loves it. So, yeah, yeah he just shoves her off the apron and. Dude, that's came... another. You, you can also add this to our list of things that will get somebody over is if a referee 
fights back. Yep. On something. That yep. spot <clears throat> always wakes the crowd up. Where it's oh, yeah. Tommy Young back in the day or Hebner. And that's one you know you never see anymore because referees aren't allowed to have personalities. Yeah. Uh, Name was faceless. Right. Yep. <laughs> but dude, add that to motorcycles and coming out of box and uh, whatever our other one was. I think we had another one. Hitting uh, your hitting your finishers on everybody. Oh yeah, company. spamming your finisher. Yeah. Uh, dude, referee beating up somebody, one of the ref, uh, wrestlers that will always get over. Absolutely, without question, it will. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kane covers Austin after that choke slam from Taker. He only gets a two count. Uh, then Kane hits one of my favorite moves he started bringing in his repertoire here in 2001. That's the Enziguri. So <laughs> The Kane Zaguri. <laughs> I love it. So, And he finally gets that tag taker. Finally gets the taker tagged in. So, And he just comes in like a man possessed. Like an undead man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's a house of fire. And uh, much like his brother, uh, throws yep. everybody around. It's body shots on everybody going <laughs> He whips, uh, was it Triple H or Austin? He whips them back and forth uh, yeah. between the turnbuckles over and over again. Big boots him. Hits a low kick to Triple H. Nearly kills him with the last ride, man. Yes. He's so excited. He nearly flips Triple H over his head as he picks him up. <laughs> it's um, alley-oop almost. Yeah. <laughs> goes for the cover, and Earl Hebner will not count it because he didn't see the tag. <laughs> What? Uh, Are you kidding me? Like I said, uh, it really took away from that match. Uh, I just hate it, man. It's not consistent. I'm just, uh, if it's going to be part of the story of the match where your ref is going to enforce the rules or not see the tag and stuff, enforce it all the freaking time, the whole way through. Yeah. I just don't get it, man. And, I mean, I'm even fine with the spot in general. Like, cause yes. Oh, yeah. a classic it's a great spot, spot. Uh, to really rile up the crowd, but – it goes on too long. Like the crowd had forgotten at this point because they yes. like they didn't understand why Hebner didn't count the three here because he had been in the match for so long. Like if you're gonna do that spot, you gotta do it quickly so the yeah, crowd realizes. Half, they could do it within thirty seconds. Yeah, they didn't realize that Hebner didn't see Undertaker tag in. Uh, <laughs> right, and he'd been in there for so long that they'd forgotten that he wasn't technically the legal man in Hebner's eyes. So it, exactly. it just didn't work right there. Uh, yeah. uh, Taker's pissed off about it, so he puts his hands on Hebner, and uh, Austin ends up hitting Taker from behind while he's distracted. That knocks Earl Hebner out of the ring. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he goes flying. But he does not have whatever. He didn't get hit with the same thing Kyoto did last month, though, so Hebner is going to revive a little bit sooner. (laughs) He's in much better shape. (laughs) Is he? (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, we get a Death Valley blow to Taker and a stunner to Kane from Austin here. So at this point, and then Taker and Austin are on the outside, and they go over to the guardrail. Like I said, well, this is kind of the ending of the Attitude Era. Um, you know, it's kind of coming to a close, I guess, or the Monday Night Wars are, if you will. And so, but you know, Attitude Era staple is always brawling into the audience and right. into, the, into the crowd, and they do that here. And they go so far, like, they go back deep. up to the production area, like where yeah, Taker and Triple deep. H were, last year, which was also confusing, like, you're in a tag team match, bro. Like, yeah. Taker, why would you leave your brother, your injured brother behind? To right, he's got, go one, he's got one wing. To the top one good of wing. the arena. <laughs> yeah. so silly. One good wing in the, in the ring, and he's, uh, you're leaving him high and dry, so... Yeah, it was it was strange, but it was it was fun to see one more at least brawl into the audience. I, I don't know how much yeah. we're going to get of that in the next few years, but 
Stephanie hands Triple H the icy title, and he goes to hit Kane with it, but he gets hit right in the, right in the schnoz with a big boot. And then uh, Kane also just blasts Stephanie with a big boot. <laughs> that would get you over, too. Yeah. Yes, Chicago loves uh, hate crimes on Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Well, Mr. McMahon doesn't love it because he comes flying in as soon as Stephanie gets booted down with, a, with the sledgehammer uh, to fight for his daughter. Uh, Kane stops him with a choke, uh, wraps the goozle on him. But Triple H grabs the trusty old sledgehammer, uh, hits Kane with it, and Earl Hebner crawls into the ring just in time uh, as Vince McMahon tosses him in there, basically, and counts to three to give the two-man power trip the win and the tag team titles, holding all the gold between these three guys here in uh, 27 minutes and 11 seconds, which felt like every minute of it. <laughs> it really did, man. I hate that because I really was looking forward to this because I didn't remember this match. I was really looking forward to it because, again, you got so much, uh, you know, so much star power, so many good wrestlers. You know, you got – I was interested to see how Austin's heel turn um, was going to take in this match. Excuse, excuse you. Um, and um, – but it just wasn't – they probably – I mean, probably should have shaved about 12 minutes off of this, you know, made it a, kind of a quick, a quick, a uh, fun – you know, just just race. You know, just a race to the finish. So you could just do but, one heat segment and not have it be yes. double heat in there. Yeah. But yeah, it is what it is. It was. I I felt like it was overbooked, over long, and there was some good stuff in there. I like like sure. we mentioned, we enjoyed some of the heel work by Triple H and Austin yeah. there, and uh, it was kind of refreshing to see because hardly anyone works a tag match like that anymore, cutting off the ring. Yeah. Uh, so that was really fun and refreshing to see, but you know we didn't really want to see it particularly from those guys in this situation in this type of match. And uh, I, you know, I will personally definitely admit that some of the booking and the build up to this match definitely colored my view of the match itself as well and tainted that. Sure. But yeah, man, this one is not gonna make my top ten uh, for this era. Uh, that's for sure. And I think. Uh, I don't see any reason for pe- or for our people to go back and revisit it. You're not going to miss too much from that. Get, go watch Undertaker voice and Overkai and Ty <laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> watch that. Watch him being the conscious of the WWF and telling people to knock and get themselves a lady and stuff like that. <laughs> just listen to his commentary. We should just have him sit on commentary from now on. Oh, man. Remember <laughs> the days? Good. I do. So, um, yeah, the show, like, Taker scurries in the ring right as, you know, he's seconds too late to save his brother. And we see Austin and Triple H posing with the four titles as they, you know, a disgruntled Undertaker looks on. He's got that blood trickling down his face, which is a cool visual. But, again, that blood was hard way. It had nothing to do with the, the story of the match. But, um, I don't know, it just it felt like a sprint, and I thought it would be a shorter match. But it was really, you know, like I said, about twice as long as it needed to be, in my opinion. But. What am I? What do I know? But anyway, it was <laughs> it was it was fun by half of it. But anyway, well, that a bit is of what a disappointment is, on our end, uh, in our opinion. But of course, we always want to hear from you guys. We want to hear from our fellow creatures of the night uh, your opinion on this match. Uh, so let us know. Hit us up on social media, Talking Taker or at Talking Taker on. Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram. Join the conversation. Join the Creature community with us. Uh, we always love Ooh. hearing your feedback uh, on all this stuff. Uh, we got a little feedback from 
the then now whatever podcast on Twitter at TNW podcast. Uh, they said, uh, or he said, I remember recording this show when it was on channel four and the combination of all the stalling, the ill feeling of the Austin heel turn that, that it left in my stomach, the amount of abuse Kane's arm went through and the, and also the tape being dodgy during the match, <laughs> those 2001 <laughs> problems, uh, made it a super anxious watch, uh, for him as a kid. So, yeah. Must be from the UK, Channel 4, I guess. Right, oh, yeah, I, don't know. I assume so. Yeah. Okay. So, appreciate that reply. We appreciate yeah. uh, letting us know. I can definitely definitely remember the uh, the, the tape feedback and and the uh, tracking <laughs> on the tapes. Kids today, man, they'll never know that problem. Nope. Uh, but Buffering? What yeah, the heck? I guess that's buffering's the like a Buffering's a godsend. When it came, the tracking was rough. <laughs> JR didn't have it uh, for a while, though. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Not nope. at this point. Uh, nope. Also, shout out to Jeremy Bagley on Twitter. Said some really kind things yeah, to us uh, last week. Put us over big time. We appreciate that, bro. We appreciate all our regulars like D-Lo Hoop. D-Lo uh, Hoop. <laughs> J-Bag. Charco <laughs> with his Minnesota Golden Govers with a win over Georgia Tech. Thank uh, you. And uh, who's the guy that uh, corrected us on something last week? Oh yeah. So well, we, you know, we mentioned last week about the Stephanie cardboard cutout or whatever the heck that was that Kane was holding above his head. And Scott Bismarck, um, at Scott Bismarck on Twitter, told us that it's um, Lita who was held up by Kane, and she was just wearing one of Stephanie's tops. And then also on um, Facebook, I got a message uh, today from. Uh, Anton Julio de Simone, if I did not butcher that. And, um, yeah, man. Vinny um, Vinny Vici. But anyway, he says that um, he, th- he he said the same thing. It was Lita. And I asked him, you know, where did he get that from? Like, I, I believe him, but where did you, where'd you get that information from? He said it was from the Undertaker in My Yard DVD, VHS, or whatever. That He, he thinks it's from that. So I'll be interested if we can go. Maybe we might cover that one, one week on one of our you know, episodes and uh, – We'll yeah, let us know, there, creatures, man. if y'all want to, want us to cover the my yard. This is my yard DVD from around this yeah. time. I, I'm not sure if there's enough meat on the bone for us to to make a full episode out of it. Uh, I, I haven't seen it in years. Um, yeah, me neither. I've watched a few clips from it, uh, doing some research for the show. But uh, let us know. Would would that make a good bonus episode? Uh, should we combine it with something? Should we just talk about it on one of these other ones? Uh, we'll, we'll do what you want us to do. Uh, we'll, we'll do it if y'all want us to do it. If not, uh, we'll skip over it. But um, we are not going to skip over next week's episode as uh, we got a quick turnaround here. But I'm excited because we're going to do another one of our favorites, another one of these UK pay-per-views. Man, we've Jolly had some old England. good luck. It's been fun watching these shows. That The guys seem to cut loose and... Have a lot of fun on these shows. So we're going to do Insurrection 2001. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we'll get to Judgment Day the week after that. But we'll cover a little bit of the buildup uh, here. Obviously, it's going to play into Judgment Day and Insurrection as well. But we'll talk about that like we've done with some of our previous UK shows. But do you know what this main event is? For Insurrection? Yeah. Take a versus power trip, man. Handicap style. Handicap, man. <laughs> handicap, man. He's the king of the handicap matches, man. I can't wait. That's going to be fun. I know, man. I've never seen this uh, pay-per-view. Never, so. ever. Uh, I'm excited. We're going to cover it next week. We encourage you to check that match out. Uh, I imagine a lot of you have never seen that match before either, so go check it out on the WWE Network. Uh, do your research and join us as we talk about it on next week's episode. We hope to get it out to you 
uh, back on our Friday schedule. Uh, of course, we know a couple other guys who are going to be excited to hear us talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin yet again next week. We're going to be covering Stone Cold uh, quite a bit here on the show here the next couple weeks. But if you want to go in-depth even more on the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin, in much the same way that we're covering The Undertaker here, we want to encourage you, as always, to check out our friends over at the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. They are at Bottom Line Cast on Twitter. And you can find them, of course, on all your favorite podcasting services. You can follow at mprew83 and at John Van Damage, the host of that podcast. They have a lot of fun over there. They're in a much, uh, much more fun period of Stone Gold's career right now on the show, right in the midst of 1997. Uh, so we live in those glory days. But uh, really enjoy what they're doing. Go check them out. Support them. And follow them in much the same way that you're following us as we go through Taker. We thank you for uh, being patient with us as the holiday week, computer problems, illnesses, everything. Maybe. Yeah, yeah uh, it, it kind of perfect storm of stuff to, to bump us off a day or two on this episode. And we appreciate you, you know, dealing with uh, sound issues and listening to, to babies crying. You know, we're just a couple of regular guys, not professionals. Uh, we're just doing what we can to, to have fun and get these out there. And uh, we appreciate you guys uh, showing grace to us and, and loving on us and still enjoying it along the way. Uh, we know you guys understand, and, and we appreciate it. Uh, we love all you guys and love doing this for you, love interacting with you, and uh, are excited to get to the next one as we continue on rolling, rolling, rolling to the last ride. And uh, we'll be in the year 2019 by the time we get to that episode in the year 2019 <laughs> that's how it goes that's how it goes man i'm getting hot blooded just thinking about it <laughs> there you go man exactly that song will be playing on spotify it'll be trending number one on spotify this episode you know, i can't put it as the background music because i already used it for another episode oh yeah no it's fine for the first blood episode <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. No, we don't have to. But um, anyway, man, it, if you guys... Does it make your dad a creep that he made you sing that? <laughs> it didn't make me. I just liked that song on the radio, and he just allowed me to sing it and do does a music video. Does it make it creepy my, that my it's his ringtone for you? Well, he, he, he showed me when he was all excited when he had this ringtone. So I was like, Dad, that song's kind of creepy. And he's like, well, whatever, son. It just reminds me of you because of the video. I was like, I know. I'm just kidding. But seriously, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> I, mean, I literally song, heard I... it on the radio today after we talked about really? it. <laughs> That's amazing. Just side well, note, folks. We uh, worldwide. Yeah, we recorded this episode in two parts on two different days. Two so the beginning of it, we <laughs> talked about the hot blooded song yesterday, and then I literally heard it on the radio this afternoon. <laughs> it's amazing. I almost called you, but uh, I couldn't get my phone out. <laughs> and also, that's illegal. You shouldn't call people uh, while you're driving unless you have bluetooth. Uh, not legal in my state, but anyway, still is not safe. But anyway, so all right, yeah, man. If you guys were there in Chi Town this night, if you were there at the Rosemont Horizon or Allstate Arena or whatever the heck it's called at this point, if you were there, if you were there at WrestleMania 13 and then there for this, that would be an extra cool get. Let us know what you thought. Let us know. Uh, do you remember this match being kind of a or not or whatever? But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're looking forward to insurrection. Not much build up to talk about, but it's gonna be a quick. A uh, quick, fun show. We're looking forward to seeing that for the first time, and then we'll get on the Judgment Day the next week. So, Happy New Year to everyone, and take her easy. I'm going to run a back hole and uproot that tree. I want to know where to go. I want to go. 
Give me the gold. I want the gold.